everyone. Welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. We're back. Daniel's back. We have lots of people back. What's up, Daniel? Amazing. <laughs> I made it into 2020. It's glorious. I, I thought it. I'd be riding a I thought I'd be riding a hoverboard by now. <laughs> like you know the one in Back to the Future. I know, you know, it's one of my amazing. favorite one of my favorite band names of all time. I don't really like the band all that much, but but the band name was We Were Promised Jetpacks. And and the reason <laughs> I love it so much is because I'm like, yeah, we were promised jetpacks. Where were th- where's our jetpack? Why am I even walking anymore? <laughs> it's amazing. Shouldn't need a shouldn't Jeez. need a car. Shouldn't need anything. Although I, I'm pretty sure that this is probably going to be the last car that I have to drive myself. Which is pretty crazy when you think about it. Oh man, have you ever have you ever worked like have you ever used one of those cars that has the adaptive cruise on it or where it hits the brake for you and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I rented a I rented a car the other day that it was like that, and it starts warning you that you're like you're close to the edge and all sorts of crazy stuff. And like it actually slows you down. It slows you down. It's actually it's, it, it ticked me off because it slowed me down so far away from the other car ahead of me, and I was like, no, I still want to go fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can set how close you get. <laughs> uh, shucks, I wish I knew that. I'm, my my dinosaur brain is not ready for that car. Well, the whole time you're just sitting there with your foot over the over the brake pedal, like, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, oh gosh, is this really gonna work? <laughs> it's pretty amazing, man. It's pretty cool. It's easier though than uh, than being a passenger. I, you know, I, with my shoulder getting done, there was there was a good amount of time, a couple of weeks, where Ali kind of took the took the lead on driving, and I have learned that mm-hmm. I am a terrible passenger. Uh. because I'm so used to driving, and I and and like you know when you drive, you have a rhythm. There's like a rhythm when you drive where you're like, exactly. this is when I would, hit, this is when I see it. This is when I would hit the brake. This is when I would turn like, and when somebody else is driving and you're not used to it, it's like they're like her rhythm is just a little different. And I'm just like, watch out, look out for that. Like, just trying so hard to be quiet, but I can't because like my, my lizard brain is going, we're going to die. And she's like, you know, it's amazing, you know, for like 40, 41 years I've been able to uh, get myself around without any car accidents but somehow I'm always in mortal danger that's amazing I do the same thing uh, does it to me and then I get cross because I'm like I mean look at I'm miles away from that, away from that car She's like, I'm allowed to say that if it's protect my own life I'm like yeah I suppose you are <laughs> let's do it I'm gonna break my arm then I can do this I can do the same thing <laughs> Well, and you'll, if you break your arm, you'll be able to do like surgery on it. Because weren't you just uh, over in the Philippines, watching people get opened and fixed? Absolutely, yeah. We were at a cure hospital. It was actually the Tim Tebow hospital that uh, he set up in in uh, in the in the Philippines. And uh, we watched a, I watched a kid who had a broken arm uh, get it rebroken and fixed, but like with a full surgery vibe. So they put a titanium steel, you know, like plate in his arm. It was pretty gnarly, but. It was interesting, really, really cool. Dude, I think I might just, I think I might have just passed out. Yeah, it was pretty good. And my buddy, Brenton Brown, he, he was actually there standing next to me. And eventually he was like, I think I need to go and sit down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he would have said it just like that to you, so gently. Such a good dude. It was good, though. Well, hey, man, speaking of good dudes, we have a good dude on the podcast. I'm really excited about all the people that we've got lined up for this season. Um, we had a bunch of stuff that was kind of getting ready at the end of, of the last season and just it just caught up and it was like, okay, we have to push a bunch of things. And so it, I feel like since January, since I came back, we're immediately like, I've just been doing interviews the whole time. Interviews and other projects, so cool. which I cannot talk about. Today we have Sean Kern 
and uh, he's awesome. You know, it's funny because he, and maybe it's because I'm getting older, but people are starting to look younger to me. You know, like I saw his picture and he's got kind of long hair and he's got the hat on kind of side, you know, little sideways and stuff. And you just like don't know what to expect anytime you go into these interviews, um, you know, what people are going to be like. And, I, you know, you look at him and my thought was like, this guy is going to be, he's going to be kind of amped up. He seems kind of, I don't know. I don't even know what I, what my impression was, but it was just, it wasn't the like yeah. really thoughtful kind of slow talking, just very, he's very thoughtful. And he was like very like honest and open about a lot of things. And I feel like those are by far the best interviews when we get to really sit down and talk about, you know, what what has brought you here? Because you actually hear a lot of yourself in other people's stories. And I think that that's really important. And mm-hmm. it helps us actually go like, yes, first of all, I'm not alone. And second of all, look at how this person dealt with it. And maybe that offers something for me. Very cool. Yeah, he looks like a skater. Like he looks like someone that's like a child. Like I'm gonna be like, hey buddy, how's it going <laughs> over there? And he's a full adult. Do an ollie. Yeah, my son. I just bought my son a, a scooter because uh, we have friends that have got a little half pipe down underneath their house. Oh, so awesome. I went down there and I was, I, was, I dropped in I dropped in on that ramp on a, on a skateboard and my friends are like, don't do it. And I just I just did it because because, because, I can. You're, because you're an awesome <laughs> surfer. I saw that surfer video. <laughs> it's pretty funny. That was re- Does that translate to skateboarding? Uh, I, I basically used to skateboard and surf. That's all I did when I was young. So if you throw a ball at me, I literally can't catch it. And <laughs> I'm horrendous at any ball sports. Like if I'm playing golf, I probably will mow the whole field before I hit the ball. Oh, I, I do that anyway. And I've been playing <laughs> all kinds of, like, played basketball and baseball and everything. I still can't hit a golf ball. Save my life. Uh, I'm terrible at all ball sports. Let's, uh... <laughs> Let's, let's, let's have Sean Curran. Hey, Sean, welcome to the podcast. It's really good to have you. Man, happy to be here. Well, I have been, I've, honestly, I've been wanting this interview to happen for a long time because we had Christian Stanfill on the podcast, I guess... It's probably yes. about two years ago. And we were talking about okay. just the different worship leaders with passion. And, and Christian said, yeah, he's like, yeah, we all have different styles. Sean Curran, I mean, he is, quote, a wild stallion. <laughs> and I was like, I want to talk to him. Why am I talking? Oh, no. Like, Christian Sample, you're one of my heroes. But can we get, can we get Sean on the line? What's going on? So uh, I've been looking forward to it. I, uh, yeah, I'm part of the team at Passion. Those are all my great buddies, and I guess I do uh, come in, and I I just scream a lot more than them. I think <laughs> you know, like, I just can't. There are just these moments where I'm not even a, I'm a, I guess I'm a pretty subdued temperament, but there's something about in engaging with God through music that I uh, brings out the purest form of me and sometimes you just i don't know words can't do it you just kind of have to just have to yell (laughs) you just have to so there is a there's this untamed kind of side to me i guess in music and worship and that's what he's talking about the stallion (laughs) (laughs) like like let like well let's let him loose let's let him let him run wild so if you want to scream a few times in this interview by all means go right ahead okay Um, (laughs) well uh 
so okay, so so I, I want to I want to talk about you. I was I was checking out your new project. Um, all of us, uh, I was watching the video. Really cool. There's just a lot of things I want to dig into. You know, one of the things that we do with the Worship Artistry podcast is we love talking to artists because we believe that that everyone who's who's leading worship has something to offer and that we can take something away from it. And so, um, I'm 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 excited to find out uh, what what we're going to have from you. So. So I just want to initially ask you just a little bit about your journey as a musician. Um, you were with Bell Arrive, um, mm-hmm. which was, you know, doing worshipful music. You've done uh, Passion. Now you're doing some solo stuff as well. Tell me a little bit about just how you, how you got involved making worship music. Why worship? <laughs> Man, this, this is a wonderful question. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it was ever something that I chose. It, you know, I feel like I feel very deeply that God, in His in His kindness, kind of brought brought me music. Uh, mostly, I think to teach me how to pray. You know, mm-hmm. to teach to teach me how to talk to Him, and so I. Th- I think that's there's so much to that, but I think that's it. I I I spend so much time trying to sort things out, the life things, the big the big things like the why and the what's and of all of this, and I usually do that in this medium of prayer through song, just just picking up a guitar or a piano and sorting it out. And I, I've, I've been really grateful for that because it's, it's helped me enter into this space of freedom with God and communion with God. And I guess at some point that started to bubble over into environments with other people where what I'm actually doing is helping to create that type of environment in a collective way. And so I didn't really know that that was what leading worship was, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I've, that's what I've been doing. And so even the, you know, the, the band I was in a while ago, all of that happened in Florida, in Orlando, mm-hmm. kind of in our college years. And we were, we were, I mean, we're basically the house worship band for a church. And I was, I was on staff there doing, I guess I was kind of put in charge of a lot of the creative arts side of things for this, for the young people, the student ministry and the college ministry. And I mean, I had no idea what I was doing, but, uh, God was doing something really profound in those years. And I, I still haven't, come across something that quite like that where it's, it just feels like God bends down and kisses this time, you know, and I don't know this growth was happening. Like students were seeing interfacing with God, like real miraculous connection, kingdom growth stuff happening. And the the only thing I really knew how to do to respond to that was to just start writing about it, processing it, 
And so that was my first, I think, season of bringing songs to church, to a community that ended up being the kind of the mouthpiece for what God was doing, uh, which is a really special thing in worship music when it's such a unifying, holy thing when God's people are all feeling the same thing and are connected to the same movement of God, but that, but now they have, uh, they can come around it in the same way through a song, you know, you, something on their lips, some form of praise that's unified. That's, uh, that's powerful. So I, I was experiencing that in college. And I mean, at some point we, it, it, the band kind of turned into a band, you know, and mm. started traveling and leading in other places. And eventually we ended up in Atlanta and my wife and I have been in Atlanta now for almost seven years, I think. And the first few years we were still doing the Bella Reeve stuff, which was just a beautiful season. Um, but at, at some point it just felt like God was pulling all of our hearts into new, into new territory, like new space. Mm-hmm. And it was in that time that I just started getting involved at church, uh, Passion City Church, and just on the worship team side of things, helping out with worship world, like whatever that means, playing piano, helping create tracks, helping MD, helping play guitar. I didn't actually lead for a long time from a, with a microphone. I mean, I was leading, but not with a microphone. And then, uh, I know that kind of gets us to here. I sort of skipped over this whole really difficult period of my life with the, <laughs> when, you know, when the band was closing up, uh, that was no doubt a very, very hard season. I think, first of all, because we were all really close friends. And we had we had learned that, you know, encountering the presence of God together. That was something we had grown in together, experiencing God's movement um, with each other just really brings is a special thing. Um, so for years and years, we led worship together. And as the band was closing up, you just got that sense that, man, things are going to change. And it's it's important that they do change. But part of this result is going to be we're, not, we're just not going to see each other as much. You know, it was just a new life cycle. And so that was really hard. I think on a personal level, it was really tricky for me uh, because I was so young. And I didn't, I didn't quite realize how much of my identity I had let get woven into this thing. Mm-hmm. And so when this thing stops, uh, man, if you're on the wrong side of that, you, you have a lot of inner work to do <laughs> and a lot of inner healing to do, you know? So there was, there was a long, it was about a year and a half of me finding, uh, God bringing me back home in a lot of ways, kind of re- getting realigned with, with heaven in a lot of ways. Um, and that was, yeah, it's beautiful, but it was really hard, really hard <laughs> stuff. <laughs> no doubt about that. Well, I can... Uh, so that, uh, yeah, that kind of catches us up, I think. That's where I am now. I can definitely identify with that. I think, I think a lot of us as worship leaders, as we are 
as we grow in calling and, you know, whether we're doing it professionally or whether we're doing it volunteer based or whatever, you know, we, a lot of us are, remember that season, you know, like you talk about having these seasons where it's like, it feels just so kissed by God and it's easy to, to try and like hang on to that and to continue to try and like almost go backwards to try and get to that. How did, how did, how did you kind of make that transition forward. I mean, you're saying there's this, this difficult time. Like, did you, did you kind of fully drop out of doing worship for a while? Did you, did you take a break? Did you just kind of go from one thing to the next? Like, what was that transition period like for you? Uh, I would, I would say there was, there was a pretty significant chunk of time where, uh, a lot of the, anything that would fall into this platform category was totally gone, mm-hmm. you know, totally removed. Um, and some, a lot of that was just self invoked. Like, I, um, I need to, I need to get back to the secret place, you know, uh, was that, that kind of energy. Uh, so in a way, part of it was realizing I mean, that, that crazy, um, the tension, the, always the inner tension there, uh, like part of the realization was me getting back to a a space where I'm truly worshiping. I'm, I'm laying myself down. I'm, I'm caught in the beautiful wake of of a conversation and communion with God. And that's the only thing that matters. And I'm not caught in the cycle of, you know, writing a song and hoping that and put, putting all that pressure on the song to be the thing that fixes this band falling apart or, you know, getting the label happy again. And, um, you know, in and of itself, those things aren't bad, but they can, I mean, they can get sideways. They can just get sideways in your heart, you know, in your, in your spirit. So I feel like that journey for me was being able to, to find your, find your real center again, find, uh, let God be the thing that's the breath in your lungs. And in the secret place, like God, I don't, I don't think God cares all that much about how you sound or uh, necessarily how "quote unquote" good the song is <laughs> or whatever any of that stuff means. I, I think he's he's after your heart uh, and he's after your uh, you know, high praise is is about surrender more than most things. And so I was finding I was finding that rhythm again. It was so good for me, but the other, I guess this other silver lining that God was doing that I didn't realize was happening was, you know, on a practical side, that window in my life, I ended up just being home a lot more. You know, we're, we're in Atlanta, but we were, we used to travel so much and you just start to realize, oh, we never even made friends. Like we never had time to, to to sew into something or to be poured into or to have a community. And so as all this new foundation is being laid and 
or re-excavated, you know, in my spirit, God was also stitching us into a world of people, of uh, church, you know, and and ended up being Passion City, and it was just a really, a really beautiful time. Um, and I'm so now I'm I'm just in the I'm in the wake of that now. Someone who's just really connected on a local capacity to people and a church that feels like a kingdom and and uh, yeah, and writing songs through that. So it's a yeah, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a great awesome. thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the um. So how do so how do you stay? How do you stay now connected and centered? You know, because I I I think for a lot of worship musicians, there's there's a there's a rhythm of like burning super hot and then burning out, and then needing to yeah, get kind of replug in, find it again, and then. Oh, you know, and then you just kind of get in this cycle, right? Where it's just kind of this up and down, up and down. And I think there's this this beautiful thing that happens, you know, when we connect with God and when we kind of lose our ourselves and find him in the process that kind of helps end that cycle. What what's I mean, you've been a number of years now. You've been with passion, you've done a couple yeah. albums there, you're plugged into the church there, and now you're doing this other thing like how how do you stay how do you stay centered? And keep from from finding yourself in that in that place again when you're like, oh man, you know, here I go again. <laughs> or do you? <laughs> uh, right. These, I think, at least I in my world, I, I'm I'm answering. I hope the listeners and everyone just understands. I'm answering these questions, all these questions, for me. The, the response has an undertone of I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 has it, it just has the the re the humanity of man, part of this is an, is a journey. Part of this is a pilgrimage that God is on with us. And it's not a straight point from from A to B and there's this this flux, and I think I'm trying to learn to partner with that in a way. Um, but I, I do th- so. Yeah, it's it's a lot easier said than done, for sure. But I think there's this layer. It's like this layer of transmission. You know, I think when you transmit something, it's it's not something you can control. It's something that just happens, and so you're gonna you can't transmit what you don't have Mm -hmm. and you but you are going to transmit what you have and it's not something you can control and so i feel like that's been that's something i've I've really tried to uh man put a banner over my spiritual life and my spiritual walk and so if i Apart from leading, apart from songwriting, apart from interviews, apart from stage spotlight, all these things that come with, I don't know, this type of vocation, I the thing I really need to be diligent about is my relationship with, what am I tethered to? My relationship with my father, you know, mm-hmm. communion, uh, 
any real relationship works that way. I mean, I, my wife and I were just having a conversation the other day with a, a um, it was our server at a restaurant who just got married and we were having to piece together how long we've been together. And we've been together for over 12 years, married for eight, you know, together for 12 and just like, wow, I, I can't imagine my life. It's hard for me to even envision my life without her now. You know, that's just where the memories go. That's where, where it all, that's where it all leads to. But we, we can be together without truly being connected. Mm. And it, so we're, we're, how big is that gap? And that's the gap we're in control of. Are we going through the motions with, are we just answering each other's questions or are we speaking to each other's hearts? You know, the, the flux of that, the flow of that, the care of that is what makes or breaks the, the health of a relationship, you know? And so if I, if I'm being studious about that in my, um, you know, just everyday life with my wife, I've, I've got to apply that to this communion that I need to be having with my father. And I hope that, you know, my hope is when, when you do that, uh, and then you have an opportunity to lead somewhere. Um, that's the stuff that just transmits out of you, you know, and you come full and then you pour out and then you, you go back and you commune and you get, um, you get full again. And so there's something about that rhythm that is critical, but that also, I understand that that, uh, that is just, life is challenging. And so there are plenty of times where I, I feel like doing that and plenty of times I don't. There are plenty of times I feel like leading worship and there are plenty of times that I don't. And I, I don't even have great answers to, to those uh, observations. I, there's something about uh, my, my humanity. <laughs> there's always this this person in me that uh i'm trying to outwit you know the the person who would rather the person who would rather uh you know waste a day on netflix or whatever it is like nah i don't that's that person's there i know it but um I want to follow the whisper. I want to follow the whisper of that other voice that says, hey, spend time with me, my son, you know. Uh, let's do this day together. Um, let's, let's participate in this life together. And I think songs flow from that, uh, from that type of communion. Man, and that, that's, the, that's the kind of source. That's when you're connected to the well, man. Like that. You just reach in, just reach into the well. <laughs> yeah, that is such a, I think, such a powerful image that you paint. Um, of, you know, talking about your relationship with your wife and your relationship with God and how that all comes together. I think it's something that so often can get lost because there's always, like you said, there's always those things pulling on you. I mean, like I've got this rhythm that I get up in the morning and I make sure that I, you know, spend this time and just like me and God, let's let's do this because this is important. And at the same time, 
how many times am I like, do I let things crowd in on that space? Well, you know, this mm-hmm. is, I, yeah, but I got to get this. I got to get this thing squared away. You know, like it's, it's a constant struggle. Um, and I, I, but I, but I think you're right. I think it's the most important thing that we do as worship leaders and as humans, right? Yes. <laughs> is having that relationship with our father is incredible. Um, yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about taking that out of that secret place. You know, you, you, you have yeah. these intimate moments. Um, you, you very much described, I, you are a much su- more successful songwriter on a different level, but like, that's how I pray. It's like, I pray and I pick up my guitar and that's mm-hmm. how it happens. You know, um, how do you then take, there's something very intimate about that, right? Like sometimes yeah. that's for other people and sometimes it's not. Yeah. How do you, how do you take that personal experience, that personal connection, and then bring that into a large group of people? I mean, with passion, you're playing arenas, like there's thousands and thousands of people there. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, like your, your most recent project, I, I thought it was really cool and it was really refreshing to see the video of it and see you leading it. Like it felt much more intimate, right? But intimacy right. happens in both those spaces. So how, yes, yeah. how do you take that and, and bring it, bring it to, bring it to the people? <laughs> yes. Well, par- so part of that, I feel like is not up to me, you know, it's not as a songwriter, uh, it's not up to me to decide which songs are meant for my communion with God, just, just the two of us and which songs are meant for more than that, you know? And so Mm -hmm. a part of me has had to start there and let some of that go. You know, you can't, Oh man, what a, what a vicious, um, toxic thing that can get if you're trying to decide that Mm -hmm. man. So like, that's that I've been a little bit like I've dipped my toe in that, toxicity (laughs) it's like no 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 no. can't do that uh let let what god be god's you know Mm -hmm. um so there's that layer but then i man i think if we're gonna if we want to break it down to an intimacy idea i think it's my heart as a as a worshiper and when i'm in environments with other people i think it's so close to the heart of god um the, the vulnerable path, the honest path. Uh, that is, that's the way to God is, um, <laughs> you know, is, is vulnerability, is openness, is confession, is, so that, that's how, that's the, actually the path that opens the door to God. And so I'm always uh, trying to keep that pathway as open as possible no matter what setting I'm in, uh, no matter how big or small the room, I think it's actually a, that's the highway to, to, to the heart of worship, I think, um, is, I mean, we are so good. We are in, incredibly good at barricading certain parts of ourselves, um, presenting, you know, so much of our life is presenting ourselves in a certain way. Uh, is managing perceptions, um, is trying to block out certain fears or 
or compress and and package away in inside of us certain insecurities and there you can't heal that stuff if you you can't heal what you're not willing to feel um you can't you can't if the pathway isn't open you're not going to let healing in you're not going to let um fear out you know Mm -hmm. there's so there's so much about worship that i think is helping people drop their shoulders you know let just just take a deep breath just i I recognize with you that it's sunday morning and you just spent a whole week carrying stuff that you don't want to carry that you weren't meant to carry that you didn't expect to carry you might be walking through the biggest tragedy of your life Uh, or you might just be stuck in man that slow path of of the mundane you know where you just you just existing um and so that's all the stuff we're bringing in to what is supposed to be uh a, a divine space a holy encounter and i think there's so much in the way for us that we need that i think as worshipers and as worship leaders it's part of our role to help people take steps of faith of letting those things go of opening themselves up and closing the gap between who they think they are and who that whisper from the father is calling them to be you know and and all of a sudden this intersection has the potential to happen where uh faith can replace fear and uh, joy and hope can replace doubt and uh, you know high praise is in the center of that intersection and so there's something about vulnerability that unlocks us as humans and i think makes us more like uh, jesus and invites spirit to move and have dominion in our midst, you know? And so I don't, I mean, I don't care what size room it is. That's, I'm going to be very focused on, uh, allowing people to see that in me and encouraging that out of them. Uh, so that when we sing, we're, we're meaning what we're saying. It's so easy to, I mean, we make it real easy to just go through it. We put lyrics on the screen, man. You can, <laughs> I get it. I think it's awesome, but it's real easy if you're not, if you aren't intentional about it. It's real easy to get a whole room singing this song and singing it pretty loud, but not even meaning a word they're saying. You know, mm-hmm. me included. So I, yeah, it's like a lot of language I'll use is how can I make the room as small as possible. So even even if I'm. I mean, Passion Conference was a few weeks ago. I've never been in a room that big, ever. <laughs> it was beautiful. It was amazing. We got 65-plus thousand students, on, you know, hungry, on, on fire for God. Uh, but also some of them are having a real encounter with God for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that worship can be a real scary thing in, in a way. So, okay, how can we make this room as small as possible? Well, we, we feel like we see each other and we're known by each other. 
and we're known by God, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay that I don't, that I'm not a singer, like I'm going to sing. You know, it's a, it's okay that the person standing next to me, we've gotten to this place where I'm not concerned about what they think about me when I, when I take my hand out of my pocket for the first time and put it up in the air because I just feel led to do this. Um, I don't, you know, I, this God is here. You know, I, we're we're all doing the same thing because we have the same need. So I, there's some level if we can get to that vulnerable place, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. Um, and I think that is the path of that is the path of Jesus. Uh, so I don't know, man. That's a, that's a long answer, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's real. It's real critical. It's real critical to invite that into any room you're in um, as a worshiper, as a worship leader, uh, or, or else we're just making noise. And I don't, you know, the world doesn't need any more noise. Right. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Well, the, uh, it, it's, it's interesting, like the authenticity that you're talking about, you know, there's, there's so much, um, you know, people get really critical about stages and, you know, well, what is the, you know, you're not rock stars and whatever else gets thrown around. Right. And, but I also look at it and I go, man, if you can get in the room with somebody who legitimately and authentically feels the way that you do, that stuff all goes away because we recognize that, that what's happening, that we're all like, you recognize yourself in another person and you recognize when somebody is being honest, honest and authentic. And it's been interesting with our podcast, you kind of go through these seasons and I don't, I don't know if I'm just asking the questions in a certain way, but I, I think what it actually is, is we see these themes that end up coming out in, uh, in, in mm. the interviews. And it just seems lately, just so much of it is about honesty and brokenness and authenticity and just kind of recognizing that like God isn't, he's not like there to be my plaything. Like I can't believe I get to spend this time with him, you know? And, and, how just that, that speaks that like reeks of honesty, you know, you just kind of, it just changes your life. And so I think it's amazing what you're saying. I think it's real clear in, in how you lead and just what I've seen in video that, that that is how you're approaching worship. And I just, I just want to thank you for sharing it with us. I think it's, um, I think it's the most, one of the most important things that we can learn in leading worship is to Mm. come from that place. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being inspiring in that way. And then thank you for giving us words and songs to, to lift our own hearts to God. I really appreciate it. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> man, 30, oh, 30 minutes. I could talk to you for like two hours, man. <laughs> oh, really? We're done. No uh, way. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was great. Well, do you, wanna, yeah. do you, do you want to, uh, do you, I, I should, um, we'll, we'll talk about stuff like how can we, how can people find what you're doing? How can we, you know, push your stuff? Where, where, where do people find that? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, there, I guess there's a couple places now. Some of this is new territory for me, which is fun, but, uh, I mean, I guess the most immediate thing you can, when it comes to the music, you can find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Any of the, the normal places is going to, is going to have it. I've got this EP bigger than I thought. And then I've also got, uh, the live, you know, live at the vinyl, which is pretty gnarly. Like we, that was really, really fun because it was a small room and we, we wanted to capture the live expression of, I mean, some of the stuff that I just grew up in, I grew up going to 
small clubs where, you know, the room is too small instead of too big and you've <laughs> you're shoulder to shoulder and you're super sweaty and, but you, it's just so loud, but something's happening, you know? So we wanted to capture that, but, uh, it got real tricky on the post-production side because honestly the drums were just in every microphone, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. you just no avoiding it. So if, if, if I say that after saying that, if you go listen to the recording, that's probably one of the things you'll notice is, uh, man, the drums are loud. It's like, yeah, we couldn't, we couldn't fight it. That's just what it is. <laughs> so that was really, really fun. Uh, but that project is called, uh, all of us all praise and they're both up on any of the streaming platforms. I'm actually doing some traveling again this year. So, uh, coming up in beginning of March all the way through May, I'm doing some touring with Ren Collective. So my, those are my buddies. My, I spell my name the Irish way. So I feel like we were, we were born (laughs) for this. Um, so, and I think, I mean, that's going to be about everywhere. So if you're interested in maybe doing some worship in the live context, then I'd love to, hang with you and meet you then and yeah, uh that's it yeah you come into uh the pacific northwest at all yes we are but i'm about the worst there is uh those <laughs> types of things but uh, it is a coast-to-coast thing so there I'm, I'm pretty sure there's one or two dates that are that are out there awesome man so yeah well, we should hang I'll, out yeah dude I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to that'd be amazing i'll uh I'll track it down through Nicole if that's all right, because I'd love okay, to. Uh, I'd love to meet you. And I, I'm st- okay. One more question for you. This is this is Got all it. afterwards. I'll tell everybody about all the stuff. But um, so on the, what do you you know our, what we do? What worship artistry does is we take songs and we make five piece arrangements and we teach worship teams those five piece arrangements so that they can reproduce the song in a way that sounds really good that they can feel really good about that sounds like the Amazing. record without having to spend like hours arranging it like we do all that work right that's cool um, so out of those out of the songs that you've been singing that like have been that you've been playing live what what are the songs that you're seeing connect with people the most man out of the most recent songs i think the two that that pop up in my head right now would be all praise and bigger than i thought so which Those I love are, that title, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. They kind of come at to come at it from two different uh, postures, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I I think worship is. I always talk about the intersection, but you know, you've got. It doesn't matter if you're bringing adoration or desperation. I think if they're pure, like they lead to the same place, you know. And mm-hmm. so, I think bigger than I thought is uh, is more of a. Of a prayerful, um, desperate in many ways kind of prayer, and then, uh, and it leads to praise, man. And then all all praise is is more of a, it's just a high praise song. And yeah. so it's been really great um, leading leading those. I've I've loved gotten to talk. I just get it, man. Recently, I've I've been getting so so much in engagement like with people just sending me messages and stuff about what god's doing through a song or through their community as they're leading a song that's it's so crazy like that that's such new new territory for me um that s- songs would have that kind of reach or something um mm. and to see how it affects 
it's like once once you put a song out in the atmosphere like that, uh, it's just not it's not yours anymore in the best right. way. You know, it's it's it just becomes other people's. Uh, it weaves itself into other people's stories and lives, and God uses it to do some, you know, to work work his miracles. And so, anyways, those two songs they've. Um, I, I would encourage anybody if you're interested in in me and you want to kind of get the get the lay of the land for for my style of worship and lyric and all of that i would maybe start there awesome dude so great man i'm really i'm I'm excited to dig into it more thank for real thank you so much for for coming on and being vulnerable it's i those are always my favorite interviews when you can just dig in and you can really see where somebody's coming from and uh it's like yeah. you just wear it on your sleeve it's it's awesome Good. Okay. Yeah. I can't, I'm not trying to hide anything, but I just don't, <laughs> doesn't get, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, man. What a fun interview. I, uh, I the only thing I knew about him was from the band Bellarive. Actually, when you started talking about it, I didn't realize he, he was that guy. Uh, but what a cool band. I really enjoyed their music. Uh, really cool music back in the day. Yeah. I dug into it and I'm, and you know, I'm glad that you pronounced it properly since in the interview I said Bellarive. And then later on he was like, yes, it's my band Bellarive. And I was like, ah. <laughs> Dang it. But how am I to know? Exactly, man. It's so hard when you're actually, when, when you're, when you just read a word, I mean, I feel like I'm reading a book, you know, you kind of just get what it is. You imagine names and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes anytime there's like a proper name, I always second guess, even if it's like something basic, if we have it for member mail, I'm like, is it Keith or Kayeth? <laughs> I always go with Kayeth. <laughs> so do we have any member mail or no no we don't well we're the first episode of the season we kind of cleared through our mailbox last time which which uh feels really good however we need more member mail so hit us up you can hit us up support at worshipartistry.com you can also hit us up on our facebook page and uh we're also on instagram now you should totally follow us there it's a lot of fun um it's it's funny it's like i've never been super involved in the social media side of things but i've really been enjoying diving into into instagram and kind of i don't know it's just a different medium we've had some fun conversations with people and uh it's just a cool place to hang out so at worship artistry over on instagram like i said you could also hit us up on facebook all kinds of ways you can contact us but uh hit us up with questions and they don't just have to be questions you could always hit us with comments if there's something that we talked about and you wanted to comment on it feel free we would love to hear uh your thoughts because you know i get daniel i'm sure gets tired of hearing my ideas all the time I mean, I only have like three of them. Um, they're three really good ideas. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, if you've got, uh, if you want to support us and you don't want to hit up Worship Artistry, Street where you can have a free 21 day trial there, you can always give us some reviews in the iTunes store. That's a super help as well. So hit us up with that. Daniel, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.